0: Welcome to Buzz British Book Club. I'm Kit. I'm Bridge. Today we're going to get
1: Buzz and talk about books. So today's Buzz juice is Showtime, which is a Cabernet Sauvignon, um, I guess aged in a bourbon barrel. And uh, we wanted to mention it's got um, 15.3% alcohol. So we're about a glass and a half in each. You're about a glass and a half. I'm still working on my first Oh, one. shit. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, uh, we're definitely noticing that alcoholic um, percentage. It's significantly higher, it seems, than the other ones. And I, I don't remember. I need to start writing this down. But I think it was like $12 or so. And we looked it up online and for whatever reason couldn't find it. Um, but I've seen it around, like, Augusta and some random grocery stores, so I don't feel like it's super rare. But it is quite a dry wine. And um, when Kit f- took her first sip, her face definitely did grimace. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's funny because, yeah, it, it I, I grimaced that first. But now it seems like I can't get enough of it. Oh, shit.
1: And uh, I don't, so I don't know what that's all about. I mean, we're turning into alcoholics is basically what. I feel like,
0: yes, that's, (laughs) that's the simple explanation. Uh, But I mean, it's, it's actually quite smooth now. I I think when we first started recording episodes, um, if I had had this bottle, it
1: would have been awful so i'm turning it over to the dark side i
0: think so um i'm not minding the dryness or the
1: grimacingness of (laughs) wines those are technical terms uh sure (laughs) it's um we did also talk about like decanting and oh yeah aerating the wine and let it sit for a little bit we're still i would definitely consider us neophytes in terms of knowing anything about proper care of wine and whatever We basically i come from the school of open it up pour it in a glass and drink it guzzle it yeah so i, I guess we're getting a little bit a little bit more sophisticated yeah look at us i know we're amazing yeah <laughs> well today is a
0: short story yes uh it's year's end by jumper lahiri and i'm probably not saying that right um but it's a holiday setting and uh, the synopsis is kaushik is a college student whose mother died about three years ago his father just unexpectedly got remarried and he wants his son to come home for christmas and meet his new wife and stepdaughters. it's hard for kaushik to connect with his stepmom or stepsisters and finally kaushik is Pushed to the breaking point by his stepsisters looking at
1: pictures of his dead mum. What What did you think about it, Bridge? Yeah, I thought it was um, a good one because of the uh, theme. Obviously, we were tying in most of our December um, episodes with the holiday holiday season. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd read Jhumpa Lahiri's. Um, Uh, short stories before um in high school so ages ago um feels like ages ago the interpreter of maladies was her first um published piece or collection of short stories I think it was like 1999 and uh that's the book that I read and it won the Pulitzer Prize so she's quite an accomplished writer um and so when I saw this as like when I did my Google search or like short stories related to the holidays, this popped up. And I was like, perfect. I know that name. It's going to be good. Whether or not it actually turned out to be good is another story. But <laughs> We're it, gonna was, talk about it. it was published in the New Yorker. So, you know, it has to have been appreciated for its quality by, I don't know, the editors of the New Yorker at mm-hmm. least. Um, <laughs> I feel like I'm already bashing the story, even though there were there were some moments I quite enjoyed. Yeah, so I quite
0: appreciated the idea that you know going home for the holidays is not always this big joyful family reunion type thing because you know the the protagonist is you know he's he's in college and. um his mother is dead everything is a lot different and he just kind of gets this call unexpectedly out of the blue from his dad to say that uh he's remarried and it's an arranged marriage so it's nothing that he just fell in love with a a woman and decided to marry her it was arranged and so you know he's he's not really okay with it doesn't really understand why his father remarried and so the whole idea this kind of contrast with what we are familiar with with holidays you know going home and all the traditions and happiness and you know father christmas and all these other things that everybody always looks forward to is just not the same for kaushik or his dad um, and as we come to learn, it's not the same for her stepsisters either, because their dad also died, and so they're all—all all three of the children are kind of going through this similar experience of having a new parent, and you know, being somewhere new and not really understanding where they fit and everything. And so, um, you know, I, I, I quite liked that it was a different type of Christmas story. Yeah. than what we're used to. I think a lot of people can identify with that kind of Christmas story and there's not enough of them.
1: No, I mean, um, as you've said, a lot, a lot of times the holidays are a stressful time for people. Um, I think it's kind of a, a joke, even though it's not funny, that people talk about suicide rates going up during this time of year. And I think a lot of people assume it's because... Those individuals that resort to that feel lonely. I don't know if that's always the case. I think it's a lot to do with stress and um, the feeling like maybe you know your family doesn't know who you are or really appreciate you or um, you know they have a lot of expectations. And so the concept of that and blended families really appeal appeal to me, especially as an adult, because. Like, for example, my parents got divorced when I was 19. And so, obviously, that was quite a different experience for me than someone whose parents, like, either died or, or got divorced when they were much younger. Mm-hmm. So it, it's quite a new challenge. And you see that with because kaushik I think that's his name, um, because he feels like he has his own, like, space or identity or whatever to like push back on the situation whereas a younger child might not right so like he seeks to establish himself in that dynamic the new dynamic of his father and shitra i think is how you say her name the the stepmother Mm -hmm. um who is closer to his age than his father's which is another point of tension Um, So I thought that was a dynamic that I was really interested in of wanting to be agreeable and wanting to support your, your parent. But also he never fully grieved for his mother and he wasn't forced to until he was confronted by this image of a new wife and the two stepdaughters. In that space that he mm-hmm. had known only with his father and his mother, that beautiful—I just imagined it being this like beautiful sort of um, modern house that had lots of like like floor-to-ceiling windows looking yeah. out on the um, uh, on the sea. I think my impression was the family was quite affluent, um, and it was just quite a beautiful, expensive house.
0: Yeah, um, he, how she talks about how his mother you know meticulously decorated it and how she wanted it to look modern and it has a pool in the back and um you know it just it it seemed like his mother had a vision for the house that he kind of clashes with shitra with because she doesn't feel comfortable in it Uh, you know obviously um because it's not a house that she chose right. right so it's just kind of a house that she's like kind of forced to be
1: in because yeah. that's who she married yeah and um, there was this funny moment where they're talking about the staircase oh yeah and i guess it's like one of those with that like looks like it's sort of floating mm-hmm. if you've ever seen those um super modern houses that just have like it's almost like these planks of wood sticking out from the side of the wall and and escalating up the side, you know, of the side of the wall to the next story, and that's how I imagined it. And also imagined like if you're wearing socks, it was a nightmare because you could fall, like yeah. s- literally slip and die. And there's die. no handrail. There's, so that Shitras point is the that her daughters could fall because there's no handrail. So I just thought that was like such a specific thing, which I think is part of what I like about Jumpa Lahiri's style. But it does feel like. You know you get lost in these like like very specific scenes and then in lo- the longer term i felt like there wasn't enough payoff for me yeah
0: so i mean i, I kind of like those details because it 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 shows the contrast that kashik is going through comparing this woman to his mother which is something that he feels like his father probably did yeah um or is doing because you know human nature if you go to another relationship you're naturally going to compare and contrast some things and so he's kind of doing that and not really understanding why his father is okay with this because his mother was clearly a very independent woman and apparently she had cancer Mm -hmm. and and passed away from cancer and so he's kind of comparing um shitra's pettiness or like her dependence Mm -hmm. on things where his mother was not dependent at all. he makes the comment like, you know, even when she was like very sick, she was still going up and down the stairs without complaining, Um, you know. So he's kind of not liking that about Shitra, even though I feel like her opinions are valid about falling off the side or her doctor's falling and getting hurt. Definitely valid as a parent. I can definitely, you know, sympathize with her there. But I think it was fun to see those little tiny... Less important details, I think, being highlighted as you know things that come between people, and it sometimes it's just a little simple things like that that yeah. can really drive a wedge without people realizing it or you know checking themselves. I really,
1: you're kind of getting into this theme that I've seen in um, jumpers, jumpers like um, overall writing, which is like this in between. Mm-hmm. because she has said like she's from india and lived in america considers herself an american even though you know she wasn't born here but she's lived the bulk of her life here i i understand that and so there's this idea of not really being accepted in india or in the united states and so there's that in-between feeling where she's yeah. kind of stuck So it translates into her writing where I feel like there's a lot of that with Kaushik like in between his mother and Shitra Mm. and this comparison and kind of feeling like you're not fully on one side or the other and you kind of see that with the stepdaughters as well where they're very Indian so to speak when he sees them and he talks about how their accents will become Americanized Mm -hmm. and how they'll 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 change the way they dress and things like that so it's kind of like this in-between moment where you can you know whether or not you can successfully um, shift to one side or the other is is a point of tension and and that's part of his process during this story is like can he shift to this sort of other side of his grief for his mother? Mm.
0: I really like that. You know, I didn't I didn't think about it that way before, but it's almost like cow chic is like the, the American perspective, trying to fit in and figure out, you know, how to be normal in a new country that they're not familiar with, and they're being judged over the littlest, stupidest things. Yes. Um, so it, that's interesting that you bring that up. It's almost like like you said, like, she's kind of putting her own experience from Kaushik's lens, you know, this woman is new to the family and new to the country, and he's judging her by that, not because she's done anything wrong, but just because she's different from what he's used to. Yeah,
1: yeah, I think, and I, I don't, I'm not the qualified person to say this, but I think it's a theme in a lot of, like, immigrant perspectives of not being accepted on either side. Um, which you know lends itself to their identity feeling sort of suspended between two um, countries or cultures or populations or whatever, and it's really you know a tough place to be, I would imagine, because the acceptance is never fully there, mm-hmm. and you know that that's hard. And I mean, I think just baseline like humans desire to be accepted and that's hard so yeah um there was this moment in the story and I feel like I'm I'm jumping all around but there was this moment in the story that was like my favorite moment and it was a very small piece where throughout the story you kind of have these little memories of Kaushik like reflecting on his mother and things he's done with his mother and a lot of it was in the light of her being sick, just knowing she had cancer. And I would imagine they knew at some point, like she hadn't only had a fixed amount of time left to live. I guess we all do, but you know, you right. know what I mean? Like yeah, a shorter, yeah. shorter time frame. And he used to take his own photographs and he had set up a dark room. And there was this moment where he was in the dark room and his mother would sit with him and, she would be the timer, like keep track on her watch or something, um, for when he needed to transition the um, proofs or whatever they're called, the photographs, from one tray of chemicals to the next. And it was said like she she was there to, to do that, both of them sort of knowing that at some point he would have to buy the timer because she wasn't going to be there mm. anymore. And then, like, there was this this same sort of scene where they're both in the dark and it's so quiet and, you know, there's, like, almost, like, sensory deprivation in that sense, in that sense. And and she says, like, kind of
0: envision that slightly different. I don't know what your opinions are of death. I don't even honestly know what mine are. But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, as you mentioned, that it's it's interesting to think of them being both in this dark room and you can't see the other person. You know they're there. Yeah. you can't see them. And nobody's talking and it's all quiet. It's comforting in a way because you know they're there. And even I though they're not. Imagine, yeah, you know
1: that's a nice way to think of it. And like and maybe that's
0: what she was trying to get out too. You yeah. know, it's like this. I imagine it being like this. Like even though you can't see me, you can't hear me. You know. That doesn't mean that I'm not still here in some
1: way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's a a great point to make. And also, like, you know, there's an element of safety that they Mm -hmm. feel because they're in this enclosed space, you know, protected in a sense. And so maybe that's part of what she's sort of envisioning, is feeling safe. And And there's still a connection there, you know,
0: whether you know it or not or, or
1: whatever, there's still connection Mm -hmm. were there any moments that you liked or you just hated the story altogether?
0: uh yeah bridge kind of let the cat out Um, (laughs) i I didn't like the story um you know I, i was engaged with it um but i really don't like how it ended i don't know if we're ready to talk about the ending already or not but
1: well let's talk about when he finds his stepsisters.
0: Okay, well, let's let's talk about the stepsisters for a little bit. Okay. So I got a little bit excited because, um, you know, he's recognising that he and his stepsisters are kind of in the same place. Their father passed away, they're in a new place, they have a new parent, just like he does. They have a new sibling, like he does. Mm-hmm. And they're, you know, trying to figure out how to go on, right. how to figure it out. What's Christmas? How? What you know? What? What do the holidays mean now right. for us as a family? And he kind of bonds with them over this. Um, in in a couple of times, he takes them to Dunkin' Donuts.
1: It's actually um, really cute. It like, is cute. It's, yeah, it's like going back to a point you made earlier of him being the American perspective. There are so many things he does that is like, it's sort of. Um, stereotypically American so he like goes out for coffee and has to drive and goes through the drive-through to get a refill on his Dunkin Donuts coffee they get donuts uh they order pizza you know all that stuff and yeah that to your point like that's sort of like some of those behaviors he brings the girls in and they start Mm -hmm. to have this really kind of nice moment and bond together
0: yeah, and they, they really like him and they want him to go to Disney World with him. And uh, you know, it's it's just a really nice moment. And for a little bit I thought that the story was gonna turn out okay. Yeah. You know, um, because they're they're young. They're like seven and nine.
1: Yeah, and I think this they're like, very young. There's this cute moment where they go out, I forget where they go to eat. And um so I think, the, I think
0: the they girls, go to
1: the pizza place. Oh, the pizza place. And I think it's Pew and Rupert if I remember correctly. I thought it was Paiu. Is it Paiu? Right. Okay, no idea. you're probably right. Paiu and Rupa. And I just imagine them to be the cutest little like mm-hmm. girls. And one of them is losing her your you know, her baby teeth. And um, there's one of them that's one of the teeth that's wiggling, and then when they go out to eat. It comes out it falls out and she bleeds quite a lot and so he has to like attend to her and then he saves her tooth and tells her about the tooth fairy and it's this really like special moment where like as you grow up you as an adult you'd think oh yeah I lost my tooth and my my big brother was there to tell me about the tooth fairy you know it's one of those things you would remember over time was like this really beautiful moment i think was sort of leading us down this garden path that they were all going to be bffs by the end but they don't it's so sad
0: yeah it's really upsetting actually so throughout the story there's this thread that um when their mother died his father got rid of all of her things which is you know a coping mechanism that a lot of people do sure um and he put all the photographs into a shoebox and put it somewhere and um Calchi didn't know where the shoebox was uh, never asked because he was afraid to look at it mm-hmm. um and but it had been mentioned that Shitra had been looking for it mm-hmm. so somehow she knew about the box she'd been
1: looking for photographs I think she was just looking for a photograph of his previous wife at all
0: i yes yeah, yeah. so um and the girls were aware of this too. So it kind of foreshadows a little bit that maybe they know about it. But at some point, his father and Chitra go to a party and he's a home alone with his new stepsisters and I forget why he was separated from them for a little
1: bit I think um they you know they had a nice time that was when I think they ordered Peter went out or something uh, Something, yeah. yeah and then they came back and then I think they mentioned his he has a romantic interest I don't think it's necessarily his girlfriend but someone he's dating named Jessica and I don't think we've mentioned, but the story is, I would assume, based in either the 80s or the 90s, so this is all pre-cell phones. I think
0: it said 2002.
1: No, because it... Was it? I believe so. I believe it said... Well, it was pre-cell phones, because none of them have cell phones, and so he's talking about taking the house phone and pulling it into um, his bedroom to have a conversation with uh, his girlfriend or, you know, love interest or whatever, um, Jessica. Actually, I think I've got it, got the page up. So it came out on the New Yorker... uh, 2007, but I very much got, like, an 80s or a 90s vibe from it.
0: Yeah, you might be right. I thought it said... They talked about
1: some, like, watching Family Feud and stuff, which... I know that show's still going on, but I can't imagine it's, like, Steve Harvey they're watching <laughs> with The Family View. Oh, he's been the host for
0: a minute.
1: Steve Harvey? Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe they are watching Steve Harvey. Everybody could do with a bit more Steve Harvey in their lives, but anyways.
0: I could have swore it said, like, 2002 was when she died or something, but maybe I'm imagining things.
1: Well, maybe one of our listeners, <laughs> listeners will actually tell us, uh, but... Um the point we were getting at was that night he's on the phone with Jessica. For a while. They sort of have a little bit of an argument because she's saying she he should come over to her, her parents' house and he doesn't really want to. So then he goes looking for his stepsisters mm-hmm. throughout the house. He can't find them. So he thinks maybe, you know, it's kind of late, maybe they went to bed. Yeah. So he goes up to his old room, which is the room they're sleeping in and looks around the room and they're sitting there looking at in a box at pictures of his mom yeah they and found the shoe box they found the shoebox, and he has this like i think i put in the notes he has this hulk smash moment where <laughs> he just goes ballistic which i was like you know and like I just I don't know I freaked out a little bit when I started reading it because I was like you cannot hurt these little girls I don't care yeah what your situation is like if you put your hands on these little girls like I, I don't know I was very upset um and obviously he was too which is what I was saying yeah like this Hulk moment
0: yeah I think the the author did a really good job building because it, the whole time he's kind of suppressing his up uh, you know his frustrations and his you know grief and his emotions and he's really trying to be nice mm-hmm. he's trying to be polite even though he has all these you know negative things happening under the surface he hasn't processed his grief he hasn't figured out how to move on and he's you know i guess it kind of feels a bit like a betrayal that his father has somehow found a way to move on yeah and he has not yeah and so all of this especially coupled with the holidays and the fact that he had absolutely no idea that his father was even thinking about getting right. married again it's all just kind of bubbling there and so this is just kind of the thing that like blows the top off you know seeing these girls looking at pictures of his mom and um you know they're not doing anything bad with the pictures no, they're, they're just looking at them just yeah like
1: normal curious Little girls, right? They're just kids. And he comes to realize this at the end, but like they end up bearing the brunt of all of his frustration and grief and anger. And so he sort of like puts his hands on them and sort of flings kind of sh- them, around. kind of shakes
0: them out a bit. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't like smack any of them or anything. But no, he shakes them, shakes and... them and
1: pushes them on like the cot or the bed or whatever they're sleeping on, and. They start crying and they get really upset, which. And they hmm. get really quiet. But they get quiet after he has this like outburst where he basically says, Your mom, you know, isn't fit to lick the shit off my mom's shoes. Basically, like she's a servant compared to my mom. You know, she isn't even in the same league as my mom. He basically just goes off. And that's yeah. when they get really quiet and their well, little heads then, go down. Yeah, well, he
0: goes off on them too. Like, you know, you you two are worthless. Yeah. You're not here to be anything else except, you know, the, the only reason you're here is basically out of charity.
1: Yeah, like, he says basically that they're only fit to be servants for his father. And, um they're not anywhere near as sophisticated or elegant or, you know, high class, so to speak, as his mother. And it's so devastating to read that and just imagine these adorable little girls just sitting there like feeling betrayed because they thought they had found a big brother who was gonna initiate them into into like the American way. And then he just like ends up treating them like shit, like utter garbage, rubbish, I should say it's so sad
0: you know i going back to the theme of um you know kind of immigrants being in this middle ground um looking at it from the lens of you know kashik being the american lens it's almost the same sort of thing where you know you kind of outwardly you're friendly and welcoming and all these kinds of things but then like at the slightest provocation it's the blame game oh yeah. this happened because of you guys or whatever and just you know nonsense but that outburst felt similar to things I've seen in the media a lot um, but yeah and I, and I wonder if that was the author's intent I guess to kind of I mean in a way showcase how like, sometimes
1: that can be perceived like immigrants can be blamed for things yeah
0: when they have absolutely when they've done nothing wrong at all they just right. they
1: they exist and they're there yeah i think perhaps there's something there i mean there's so many layers to the story um it's almost like he's criticizing an earlier version of himself mm. because he he knows like what he went through when he first moved to america and like he recognizes in them what will happen, and that As, was part of what they bonded uh, over right. too. And so, like it, you know, there's quite a few things. Like Shitra was quite scared and thought they weren't safe in the house, and so she sort of infused her daughters with that that um, level of fear. Mm. And he was very critical of that too. And. In a way, he handled it well in the beginning with the girls, where he was just like, come on, let's just go. It's not a big deal. Right. Rather than saying, like, you're so stupid to be scared. Like, there's nothing right. to be scared of. Why are you scared? Which, like, I think if anyone moved to any different country from where they know, anyone would be scared. Yeah. So he he did handle things pretty well with the girls in the beginning. And like we've alluded to, you know, we thought that was going to be sort of their way of connecting and then he he, the whole like irony of the story is he ends up taking out all his anger on the the two little girls that have nothing to do with anything right yeah
0: but what's even worse really is that he drives away and leaves them in the house alone so his father and his new wife are still at the party he has no idea when they're coming home he right. assumes that it will be soon.
1: Yeah, and he uh, just but who knows? Very immature and selfish, and just drives it off just into the night. Drives off into the night. No note.
0: No nothing.
1: Which honestly, like, there's been quite a few times where I've wanted to do that, but like, you can't just you can't just leave, leave a these seven and nine year old girl alone. Alone
0: on their own in a new country they don't maybe they don't even know how to lock the doors I and don't
1: know it's, and it's less about like because he recognizes this in reflection too it's less about like their safety so to speak in the house it's more about the fact that they're scared yeah you know what I mean like it's not like somebody it's it's not likely that they'll hurt themselves or that that somebody will break into the house and you know kidnap them or something wild like that but he knows that they're scared right? regardless. And yeah. that's the worst part. And then it's kind of like one of these like layers of human relationships that I love when they're captured in, in literature, which is like, it's worse because the girls don't tell their mom or Kaushik's dad what Kaushik did. No, yeah. They're just asleep when they get home and they don't say anything yeah and so it's like this special kind of torture for kaushik
0: yeah because he never he never gets called out on it and it's it's it it's almost like i don't want to get religious but there's a verse in the bible that has something to do with like like be kind to them and you'll heat coals of fire upon their head or something like that it goes something like that but basically like we being... need to pull out the bible i know right <laughs> but it's something like being nice to somebody who's mean to you is more torture than like being nasty right back at them oh, and my... that's kind of what kaushik feels like he wasn't ratted out he wasn't tattled on like he expected to be. And yeah. so he's just kind of like bearing this guilt yeah. and this remorse and he's he doesn't really feel like he has an opportunity to like make up for it. Even though I totally hate this story because he never
1: apologises. No, he, he never he tries, knows he should, he, but he never does. But he never does. He never tries to make and amends. Part of it is because he knows that because it became so heated and escalated so quickly there's nothing he can say that will make it up make up for it nonetheless you should still apologize you know
0: what i kind of disagree with
1: that though like I i think like as soon as something becomes physical or like traumatic like that even if you say i'm sorry. No one's gonna go back to the way they were before. And I think there's definitely time. damage.
0: But at the same time, I think, you know, people can understand.
1: Not little girls like that. I well, don't know.
0: I, you know, it, everyone is different. But I think that the story, in my opinion, and maybe this is just me being optimistic, but I think the story would have been better if he had tried to apologize. You know, at least talk to them or try to show remorse in some way for what he did, whether they forgave him or not. Um, You know, as people mature, they understand that, you know, that was an awful situation for anybody to be in, them and him. Um, He definitely lost his cool and he was definitely in the wrong. So I'm not trying to like smooth any of that over or justify what he did or anything. But I think it was still possible for him to have a relationship with his sisters um after that you know forgiveness is a thing um and is it i think so (laughs) i mean you know you forgive you don't forget but you
1: can still you know move on you know what the saddest part of this story was for me was like imagining okay so beyond this he sort of goes on this like random road trip where he's just driving around new england staying at random motels this is where i feel like the story sort of devolved quite a lot because he's just it's very like telly of just like him driving Mm. around stopping at motels and not a lot of like things really happening and then um his father eventually calls him and, you know, they sort of well, say... Well, he calls his father. Oh, he call- that's right. Thank you. Um, And then they go-, they go off to Disney World. So his father, Chitra, and the two girls. And then he says he's not going and he's going to go back to school. And so it sort of flashes forward to his eventual graduation from college or university. I think he's going to Swarthmore. Um, and it says, like... His father and shitra and the two girls are all there to see him graduate. Yep. And he talks about this moment where – Pete's quite thirsty. <laughs> um, it talks about this moment where he's, like, taking a photo with the two little girls, and he puts his arms around them, and he says, like, the shoulders are all tense, you mm-hmm. know, and they act, like, just very – distant with him you know they're polite they smile but they don't engage or talk to them talk to him like they ever did before and i think like what's uh, so heartbreaking to me was in the beginning you imagine the traje- trajectory sorry the wine's kicking in and um, the trajectory of their relationship could be something like all right pt cheese. drink all the water why don't you <laughs> um <laughs> There's this is like moment where you could imagine them being like actual like brothers and sisters and even like there he goes bye p.e <laughs> um like he could i don't know give them away at their re- wedding or something yeah. you know beautiful like that like he could be a true older brother to them and initiate them into, you know, the lifestyle in America, yada, yada. And like, they could have this really beautiful connection that could fuse this sort of blended family together. Mm -hmm. But because of this failure to process the grief and this explosion that he has, this Hulk smash moment with the two, two girls, that will never happen. And he never apologizes and they're just i would imagine sort of going to drift apart as the girls get older
0: yeah it's like all of them accepted that they were different and they weren't ever going to be able to blend in the way that chitra and the father which does he ever have a name i don't know um you know kind of want them to and hope that they do and going back to that theme of Um, you know, America and immigrants. I can't help but think that this is some sort of underlying thing that she's showing with the story. Like, you know, like the potential is there to have something truly beautiful. Mm -hmm. But, you know, once it's fucked up, it's just there's a separation there. There's a divide that's never bridged. It's never repaired. And
1: it and all and it, comes back to mental health.
0: It all comes back to mental health, but it all comes back to, I think, responsibility. You know, he put the responsibility of his grief on these two innocent girls rather than taking it on himself to process his own grief and I, figure out how to I, make that... What, like, he, he blamed them for something they had nothing to do with And then was just like, whatever, I'm not going to address this. I'm not going to correct this. I'm not even going to try to admit that I was wrong. Nothing. I'm just going to pretend like life goes on. And that seems like it happens a lot. And it just, this story really showcases how damaging that can be
1: to people. Over generations.
0: And families and cultures and countries.
1: And it just, it's really sad. It's really sad. I I don't know if this is fair or not, but I kind of blame the father. I do too. Like, more so than Kaushik. I kind of blame him because he's the one that, I I don't know if it's as soon as as his first wife dies, but it feels quite abrupt where he's like, all right, let's pack up all her shit and put it away like she never existed at all. And that lack of talking about things, because I feel like, to my family was quite waspish and in that you know they never talked about hard things that happened to just work through it they never yeah. talked about it it was just like i can't feel like repressed a little bit and um you know like for example my this is getting overly personal but my my dad uh was raised catholic and he um, was a part of a large family. His dad and mum owned a liquor store in, in, like, sort of the Annapolis, Maryland area. And um, one day, when his dad was supposed to be on vacation, but somebody called in sick, somebody robbed the store and shot him and killed him. Oh God! And my dad said, he, "Wait, your grandfather? My grandfather." Oh shit! My dad, my, I know. Um, keep keep giving me wine because uh, I need I need it to tell the story. No, um, he he said like my dad had let's see, two brothers, one sister, so it was four kids, and then my grandmother. And so he was killed, and it was like I, I would imagine it was in the sixties, and they never got any therapy. It just all kind of carried on. Mm which I think was sort of, it's an English trait too. It's like the stiff upper lip. You've you've ever heard of that? I think it's like
0: a past generational thing too. Yeah, you know? just
1: like you have to carry on. You, ha- you on. have to figure it out and, you know, you, you can't wallow in it. And so he said, you know, they never dealt with any of that grief. And I think that sort of, you know, kind of carried through the generations of like, we're not going, going to talk about things. Like that's weakness. Mm-hmm. Like we just need to carry on. And maybe that's a similar thing to maybe how his father felt in this story was, you know, we just need to move on. And it's too painful to dive into that and talk about it. So I'm going to put all her pictures away in a box, literally, and then sort of move on with my life.
0: Yeah. But, I mean, I think the father wasn't necessarily in the wrong trying to move on with his life. Not at all. Um I think that but go to therapy. Well, (laughs) but yeah, but like, I think how probably had more tools to know that he should go to therapy. And it's not like he ever stepped in and was like, Dad, I want the pictures. He never said anything. He never tried to interfere or assert himself in any way or try to
1: I think he sort of buried himself in college of, like, American college life. Yeah. Even to the point where, like, her name, we can assume she's, like, a white American. Jessica. Jessica. Yeah. And just, like, quite enjoyed sort of his dalliance with, with Jessica and drinking quite a lot of beer. Yeah, that's a college thing. Sure. But, like, also a coping mechanism, I True. would imagine. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But I mean, I don't know, like, I think the father was in the wrong, maybe not necessarily so much with how he chose to process his grief, because clearly he was able to move on from it. He was able to remarry. (coughs) Um, So whatever he did worked for him. Um, Went down the wrong (coughs) pipe. (laughs) I guess (laughs) I need to slow down my wine drinking. Sorry. Stop guzzling. I know. Um, But like, i think he was in the wrong by not preparing his son for him looking into remarriage well Um, yeah i mean
1: that's just straight up communication right like like,
0: no preparation join us for the holidays yeah meet my new wife and kids right just literally told him
1: after like that's how the story opens is like he never attended his father's wedding and it was quite. That yeah. You yeah. Know,
0: like, why would you not invite your son to come to your wedding, but you're going to invite him over for Christmas?
1: It kind of feels it was like really weird. And maybe it's more more to do with like his Indian relations, and and I mean like those living in India, because that's where it happened. Um, Yeah, he said family arranged the marriage. Yeah, so maybe he felt pressured that way. But I think there's also a bit where Kaushik says, like, his dad's not the one to feel pressured unless he wants to do something. Right. So I think, like, part of it is, like, maybe he feels, like, he knows Kaushik's not going to react well to it. And so that's why it's a little bit underhanded in that he's not being transparent with Kaushik and telling him what's about to happen.
0: Yeah, and I think that's really nasty too.
1: As a parent,
0: it doesn't matter how old your child is, you have a responsibility to them to be honest and look after them and and want to do the best for them. And the way that he told Kaushik that he had remarried was wrong. Um, messed up, really messed up, really lazy, really irresponsible and not very caring at all. Um, I can kind of sympathise with him not wanting to tell him or not knowing how, because how do you say that? I've replaced your mother, given how they had gone through so much leading up to his mother's death because she was having to go to cancer treatments and they were taking care of her together. And, you know, how do you... Tell your son that you've been through all that with that. I've moved on. I've got a new wife and kids. You can't. It's really hard, but at the same time, he still had a responsibility to his child to let him know that. Oh, this definitely. This is what's going on. In my... So it's a really hard. It's just really hard, but I, you know, I hated the story. <laughs> I absolutely I hated it. I think there were a lot of good elements. I think it had a lot of layers and a lot of depth. Of <laughs> depth.
1: Death too. <laughs>
0: A lot of death too uh, But I just wish that I just wish that Sheik had apologised to the girls
1: I don't know though like, I wish he I had I think the beauty of what she writes Is that it reflects What is real life In that Most human beings When faced with Shame and embarrassment About how they behaved Are not evolved enough i don't know if that's the right right phrasing but they're not to the point where they're always going to apologize i think the average human being will just carry on and not apologize and i'm not saying that's how it should be people do no and certainly like i think you and i from what i know about you and from what i know about myself we you know we we would like to think we're that type of person where if we did something even close to that horrendous, we would apologize. Yeah, try, try to make up for it. But, At least
0: try to explain what happened.
1: But I think the ma- vast majority of the people in the world, when confronted with challenges, in, excuse me, challenges <laughs> in their family, <laughs> this is my third glass, <laughs> uh, <laughs> will likely struggle with the idea of holding themselves accountable enough to say, you know, Kit, I was shit, I was wrong, I shouldn't have done that. I'll try to do better and I hope you forgive me. Yeah. And I don't think I don't think many people would do that.
0: Yeah, no, I, I agree, I don't think they would, but at the same time, at the end of it all, I'm just left wondering what the hell was the point of this whole story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what the fuck was the point i think it the point is if you're listening out there and it's the holiday season it's the point is to make you feel better about the holiday. being a <laughs> shitty person <laughs> oh, no you're not the only shitty person <laughs> in the no. world it's about okay. your family dynamics <laughs> at the holidays because <laughs> it's probably complicated And there's always that one person that's going to say the wrong thing. That's going to shake up a nine-year-old. Well, hopefully not. (laughs) But, you know, God forbid you talk about politics over the Christmas dinner table or something. Just don't. Just
0: fucking don't.
1: This is where I say, just open another bottle of wine. (laughs) Open a bottle of Showtime, Cabernet
0: Sauvignon bourbon barrel. It's hitting me. percent alcohol.
1: It's hitting me at the moment right now. I feel quite a nice buzz. I feel like there's a nap in my future. But (laughs) anyway, (laughs) um, wine and naps is the key way to get through the holidays if you have a challenging situation with your family. If you don't you have the perfect family well fuck you <laughs> <laughs> but i don't think that's the point
0: of the story and i'm just really left wondering like what the hell did i just read what was the point what's the message out of this what am i supposed to get out of this like that
1: you should go what's the plot therapy arc? what's the plot arc you know like, like i think what? it, it... Pete, he knows what the plot arc was
0: Maybe so. No, I think uh, <laughs> I feel like he's trying to tell me, I and mean, I'm just as lost.
1: I know what this he box is.
0: Am I as I am
1: reading the story? So at the end, you know, when he talks about talks to his father one last time, and it's like I forget what he says. It's just like something about future paths or some bollocks like that. New roads to explore. It feels a bit shoehorned in, where it's like. Okay, the father and Kaushik have come to this conclusion jointly of like, okay, we've processed our grief for your mother, and now we're sort of turning over a new leaf or whatever the phrase is, and we can move forward in different ways at the same time. So it's like this, this tension and this conflict that forced them to process their grief, which they were denying before and allegedly they're now moving you know forward together it does feel a bit forced and i don't feel like they really did healthily process their grief i mean kaushik just fucking buries the photos of his mother yeah. on a random like main coastline in the snow during his
0: little trip his little road trip yeah but okay so let me read the end of the story okay, okay? go for spoiler it. alert for anybody who well shit if you story. haven't fin-
1: finished it by now Fact.
0: everyone closer my father directed from behind his new camera and rupert and Pai you held their shoulders tensely as i draped an arm around each we are both moving forward cow sheep, my father told me after the ceremony his graduation ceremony New no roads to explore and without our having to say it i knew we were both thankful to shitra for chafing under whatever lingered of my mother's spirit in the place she had last called home and for forcing us to shut its doors
1: you know what strikes me when you read that just now what the is that? Is the women had to do all the emotional lifting in this story? Uh, definitely, yeah. That shit. Yeah. I hate this story. <laughs> <laughs> I told you. This story is garbage. I hate this story. <laughs> you know, honestly, when I first started reading it, I thought it was a girl, a woman main character. And then it was, you know, not. Until you know what? Later. I thought that
0: at the beginning too. I yeah. don't know why.
1: Probably because it's a female author. So I thought it was a female I, yeah, character. I thought so too. But yeah, the two innocent girl children and Chitra had to bear the brunt of these two men failing to, to successfully handle their mental health and process grief. So fuck this story. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> fuck the story.
0: It, it is, too, it is too close to home americans treat immigrants like shit and men treat women like shit well that's
1: quite uh that boiling it down quite a lot but But,
0: i mean that is what i got out of it and it's too close to home for me to like the store you know
1: what i got out of it is i would quite like some pizza right now (laughs) 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 Uh, i'm just kidding i just digest so. All that
0: aside though, like I, I it's written well. It is written really well and honestly I devoured the story. I I read it in one sit down. I I loved how the tension built. I just really hated the ending and I wish that there was I guess, honestly, I wish there was more of a fairy tale ending, which is really not realistic. It's, as we've discussed it's, it's not. not It's not representational of real life.
1: No, and I your life that's... doesn't have a nice pretty bow on it. No, it doesn't. It's does a bunch don't. of fucking loose ends. It's a bunch of men. Treating women like shit. Treating women like ain't shit. Ain't that the truth? God. Do I British think... people say ain't? I don't know. I don't think they do. <laughs> Whoops. That's ain't fun. that the truth? Ain't that the truth? um sometimes i let my southern accent oh god come stop out. stop
0: <laughs> no 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 but you know
1: like british accents and american southern accents are quite related no you they're not don't even say that yeah they're not like, quite a lot of the way we talk in the south is is tied to british accents i really disagree
0: but don't there they is, both sound? there is something about the vowels being
1: i was gonna elongated say
0: elongated for actually. Don't they all cultures
1: well, in the southern say, hemisphere actually share that. They both sound like you've got a bunch of marbles in your mouth. <laughs> you don't think so? I don't know. Never thought about it I that. I feel way like it. Do you ever watch The King's Speech where he makes. Yes, movies. I love but, that movie. That he, was a great movie. Yeah, where he puts all the marbles in his no, mouth. I don't
0: remember that part. And I'm going to have to go watch it again now. He,
1: it's the, the royal physician. Who anesthetizes these marbles And then he forces uh, Bertie To put a bunch in his mouth And saying like Talk through them And he nearly swallows them And he gets quite pissed off That's
0: hilarious I don't remember that part I'm going to have to go back And watch
1: the movie now Such a good movie It was a great movie Anyway um, So I
0: think we should do Our corporate team now
1: Yeah can I do it In a southern accent Oh god
0: (laughs) if you can trans if you can transition i wouldn't even try go for it
1: well sometimes it's hard for me to think like um because i think like oh shit, i've, trans- I've transferred transferred <laughs> back <laughs> i think i just started training myself that anytime we get together and drink wine i should talk like it's this it's really
0: hard to switch to another accent
1: but I, I think I can do it. So, no shit. Now I just sound like a hybrid of Southern and British. <laughs> what I was trying to say was, uh, I think I've rated the short stories all the same so far. And I was trying to like calibrate my, my cork rating better. Um, from a readability standpoint, I, I think it was great. Um, one cork for me. Tension, I think... You know the the tension built up quite nice, um, nicely to the point where he has that altercation with the little girls. But then beyond that, like the after that was just dragged on quite strangely for me. So I kind of think like maybe half. Plot cohesiveness and arc, I felt like, you know, maybe half there because it was disappointing to me where it felt like I said shoehorned in, where we're expected mm-hmm. to believe that both these men had processed their grief and moved on. Um, character development and arc, it's a similar thing for me. Sometimes those two categories overlap for me, so um, it's hard to tell them apart, I suppose. Um, and then lastly... Overall, I think this writer has had a significant um, impact on culture. I'm not sure about this particular story other than knowing that it was in the New Yorker and, you know, similar to Shirley Jackson's story was in the New Yorker as well and always seemed to hold those short stories published by the New Yorker in quite a high esteem. So I suppose a one there, um, is, that one's kind of hard. Um, so what does that add up to be? Like two and a half? three and a half shit three and a half my math my maths maths don't math. british people say maths i think it's
0: not math. like mathematics mathematics
1: so uh, it
0: depends on dialects
1: well shit <laughs> um, my math is really bad so god now when i transition to that it feels fake when I trained I, I
0: that's why I can't do feels it. feels fake it does I
1: promise you I can show you my birth certificate I was <laughs> <laughs> born in the United States. anyway uh so three and a half for me which shit is the exact same rating as I gave the previous stories mm. well shit all right what about you so I think the
0: readability was definitely a one I agree um it was very easy to read uh, nothing weird. I didn't have to look up anything. I wasn't confused by anything. I knew exactly what was happening all the time, so it was very readable. Uh, the tension and the interest keeping was there um, from start to finish. Even after he blew up on the little girls, um, I, I was very interested to see how he was going to handle himself afterwards and if he was going to apologize. Which he didn't. Um, but regardless, the interest for me was there. Plot cohesiveness and arc. After we discussed um, some of the nuances and maybe some of the underlying undertones that she was trying to touch on there, um, I think the plot was probably really good. Character development and arc for the protagonist was not there at all. That's a zero for me. Well, shit. I think that, you know, I I feel for him and that, you know, he was grieving and he had a really unhealthy grieving environment. But I think him not apologising to these girls after having connected with them on the fact that they had both lost a parent after all that and treating them like garbage he doesn't actually apologize to them rubbish (laughs) yeah and i just was like that just makes no sense you know i just hated that so zero for character development because this character learned nothing and then the significance of literary culture good or bad to be honest i don't know i haven't read any of this author's other works so i don't really have that to go off of um i think that the undertones, as I've already explained, um, you know, were really good. I just don't feel like I was left with a resolution. It felt open-ended, like unfinished. And I hated that. So I'm going to give that a half cork for significance. So did you end up culture. with three and a half as I well? I ended up with three and a half as well. Um, for slightly different reasons. But yes, you know, I, I think the is a good read, but I just... Hated. <laughs> hate it hate i story. do think
1: like if you have time you know we always try to encourage people to read more short stories and the collection of short definitely stories definitely worth a read the read interpreter of Mal- maladies because that's the one that she won the pulitzer prize for mm. and um as i recall i was looking through my um bookshelf today and I thought I still had my copy from high school, but I must have given away it. at some point. I was disappointed because I would have liked to have reread it. But I do remember being quite struck, even at that age, about like some insight into the immigrant experience and the Indian experience specifically. Hmm. So I'd give that a read if you had the time, because it's it's quite um, eye opening, I think, from like my perspective as a you know white American. Slash fake british person <laughs> <laughs> um. so yeah give it a read and then in terms of our wine rating yeah what did you think about the wine I,
0: I don't even know because my initial rating when i first took a sip and my rating now after i polished off the bottle is quite different well yeah um clearly obviously but she, um, she grimaced quite hard when she took her first sip. i did sip, but now we're feeling quite loose <laughs> i i guzzled the last glass um so i would say smoothness maybe not so much because i did grimace at the beginning right But maybe we just needed to let it air out or whatever. We did let it breathe a little bit, but maybe a little bit
1: longer. Maybe a little bit longer because it was very drinkable after like 10 minutes. Well, it helps when you're getting tipsy. That's That's why you start the evening drinking the expensive stuff and then you end the evening drinking the cheap shit because at that point you don't care. And then you don't remember anything. Right, exactly. (laughs) Life hack. You've heard it here first. So
0: I would say smoothness, probably not. Uh, initially, uh, <laughs> it, it was a bit rough. There's a bit of a bite to it. Uh, the taste, maybe like a five because again, like a point five, I mean, um, it uh, took me a little bit to really start to appreciate taste because it was a bit bitter. Yeah. Buzz was definitely a full cork on that. Hey, I'm Feeling amazing right feeling now. Feeling
1: great. The cost. What did you say this one was? I we tried to look it up and remember I couldn't we couldn't find it, but I reckon it's something like between twelve and fifteen dollars or something like
0: that. Okay, so I'll give it a half cork. You know, it's not the three ninety-five winking right. owl rice. Yeah. But which is the gold standard. The gold <laughs> standard of... <laughs> that's the gold standard of <laughs> price and quality right there uh so half half a cork for that and then drink again i would drink this again yeah despite all that so that's a solid three corks for me on the wine i think i i'm
1: exactly aligned with you on the wine okay. I, I usually i don't have a problem drinking um wine with like more of a tannic element to it that acidic bite kind of um i usually like to pair it with something like a steak or whatever i really want a steak right now i'm a vegetarian yeah kit kit's much better than i am because she's a vegetarian i am very much a carnivore and i love nothing better than grilling a steak at home and on you know on my grill in the backyard and then having some wine with it especially now in Augusta, the weather's turning a little, oh, a little like cooler. And by that, I mean, you know, the high today was like 83 or something. It was so beautiful. <laughs> and, and it's nice little like, breeze. it's like if you walk outside and your hair doesn't immediately frizz is so amazing. <laughs> so we're hitting that time frame in Augusta and I'm very excited. It's prime grilling weather for me. And I think what I'd love nothing better to do this weekend is Drink wine, grill some steaks, and read some books, yes. and sit outside as much as possible. So, what were we doing? Was like, Oh, we just <laughs> talking about rates, rating the court rating. So usually, I I pair this with a with some dinner, and it would um, soften it up a little bit. So yeah, I think. Wait, where did you land? Three. three, a three. Solid three. But same for me in every category. I think I'm exactly aligned with you. It was quite good, but not, not like my absolute favorite at this point.
0: Yeah, I think out of all the wines that we've sampled so far, <coughs> excuse me, weird. Um, I think uh, this would probably be my least repeatable wine. Do you ever drink bourbon? No my be... husband loves it though eric like, i hate it it's so gnarly gnarly yeah I, I like whiskey i like bourbon i like scotch he's a scotch person and just so you know so i uh tradition dictates that i acquire a bottle of scotch that's exactly the same age and i'm whispering because my husband's upstairs but so his birthday is the 2nd of October and every odd birth year I get a bottle of scotch that's exactly the same age as he is for his birthday how old is he going to be this year? he's going to be 29
1: oh my god he's so young I know
0: (laughs) (laughs) well done you (laughs) thank you I'm quite proud of it Um, but anyway I don't know how we got talking about this but I've got the bottle over here in a box
1: Oh, it's hiding. I'm already
0: ready. I'm already ready. That's you've awesome. got you've got to swipe these up because if you buy Scotch overseas, that's like aged like that. Yeah. Um. Number one, it's kind of expensive. But number two,
1: there's only like maybe 200 bottles. You should have told me because I could have gotten you some when I went to the UK back in May. But you already... wouldn't it wouldn't have been the same age. So
0: this this bottle was pulled out of the cast cask 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 it was was pulled out of the cask i think in august so it it was the the scotch was poured into the cask in
1: 1993 yeah but as long as it was done this year it would have been fine right only if it were like true when did you go to
0: the uk may this
1: year yeah why did i think it was last year i don't know know because time means nothing in covid i think that's true anyway anyway yeah digress
0: how that, little, little personal detail there. Well, um, I don't know why I talk about that.
1: By the time this episode comes out, it will, will have been well past his birthday. So retroactively, happy birthday, Eric! <laughs> 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 uh, I think it would have been three three months past. Probably, but yeah. That's Fine. Um by the time the next episode comes out, actually, I think when this one comes out as you pop your knuckles um (laughs) nervous habit uh it's boxing day and uh so if you celebrate christmas um hope you had a lovely christmas if not i hope you're enjoying your winter season and it's boxing day today in the uk I'm not entirely sure I know what that means, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's quite a lot of soccer slash football on TV. So be sh- rest assured that I will be watching all of those matches at my house with my dog. And when people score, I will be running around screaming my house at my house, and my dog will be barking and howling after me good old diggity yeah that's diggity you've you've heard quite a lot of pt Mm -hmm. these few episodes because we always record at kit's house but um diggity is is the wild one that will be howling when you know tottenham scores or something like that (laughs) which also
0: means that the next time uh it will be after the new year yeah so happy
1: new year everyone happy new year and the plan, as we record this, is to try to leverage more short stories mm-hmm. so, you know, you can um, keep up with us in terms of what you're actually reading. The goal is ultimately to get you more content. We'll probably increase our bonus episodes and um, perhaps we'll have more opportunities to do events like, I don't know, live podcasts Maybe, or something. Yeah. More partnerships with authors and Um, literary magazines be it online or print or whatever we say this having
0: not actually launched an episode listen
1: it's like (laughs) it's like a time capsule (laughs) and it's showing our commitment to a vision yes absolutely and how much we've actually planned ahead we have actually really
0: planned this out
1: like we're leveraging all of our skills. I feel like we're rambling. Then. And we're definitely <laughs> rambling because we've had this fifteen percent wine. It was, yeah, alcohol. The entire bottle. But you know, it's the end of the year, so I think it warrants a little bit of ramble. Definitely, yeah. So so
0: um all that to say, New Year's resolutions, we have some. You should get some too.
1: Yeah. All right. Um <laughs> buzz cheers. off mate. Happy New Year's. Follow us on Twitter at buzzedbritcast. And you can follow us on Instagram at Club. And email
0: at buzzedbritbookclub at gmail.com.